What's up, guys? It's Wes with Sin City Tactical. Welcome to the Sin City Tactical Show. And with me, as always, Griff and Jax. Get them into the screen. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up, brother? Another day living the dream, right? As always. Oh, always. Absolutely. So as you see across the bottom of the screen there, Sin City Tactical, NV.com or SinCityTacticalMN.xyz. Uh, we got a bunch of new products up. We've got some G3 Survival. We partnered with him. We've got some of his leather wraps up on our website as well for you guys to purchase. Uh, we are going to be integrating the rest of his products into our shop. Uh, it's just kind of a, an admin thing. It's taking a little bit to get the rest of them up, but we do have that up and running. So check that out. There's a G3 survival tab on the website. So if you're interested in leather work, check that out. Uh, new shirts. We got a come and take it shirt. We got a Parabellum shirt, a sheepdog shirt. Check all that stuff out. Uh, all right, let's move right into it. First thing we're going to hit off is the Pro 2A News section. Let me share my screen here. All right. So the Second Amendment Foundation filed uh, amicus, excuse me, amicus opposing forced ATF adoption of extreme gun definition. The Second Amendment Foundation uh, today filed an amicus brief in a federal case that is trying to force the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives to define certain firearm components as firearms, forcing ATF to adopt the new approach to classification of certain gun components that the plaintiffs in this case are demanding would greatly expand ATF authority beyond the 1968 Gun Control Act, said SAF founder and executive president Alan M. Uh, Gadolim. Sorry, I probably butchered that. In the efforts... If their effort succeeds, it will violate rights protected by the Second Amendment by imposing restrictions on otherwise lawful Second Amendment activity excluded from the GCA. Consistent with congressional intent under the GCA, ATF long ago determined that unfinished frame and receiver blanks without any machine work or indexing have not yet reached a stage of manufacture in which they are classified as firearm frames or receivers under the GCA. Various special interests are now challenging ATF's interpretation in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York. The case is known as City of Syracuse, New York, ETALV, uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. The lawsuit was filed last year by the cities uh, of Syracuse, New York, San Jose, California, Chicago, Illinois, and Columbia, South Carolina. Along with the billionaire-backed Everytown for Gun Safety Action Fund and Everytown for Gun Safety Support Fund, in addition to ATF as an agency, depends, or, yeah, defends includes acting ATF Director Regina Lombardo in her official capacity plus the Department of Justice and the U.S. Attorney General. At issue are such things as frame blanks or partially manufactured frames for firearms, 
also commonly known as 80% frames or unfinished receivers. The issue in this case can have or can have unprecedented ramifications on the rights of SAF members. SAF's uh, intimate knowledge of the ATF's interpretations at issue, the Second Amendment implications of the of the interpretations, and SAF's uh, quantitative assessment of the administrative record will provide a unique perspective and helpful insight to the court in resolving these issues. Building your own firearms is long-standing tradition in this country, from the earliest days of the Republic to the present day. There are adequate existing laws and regulations covering this time-honored activity, which the gun prohibition lobby and its allies in municipal governments around the country now wish to restrict, if not entirely destroy. We simply cannot stand by and allow this to happen. So from what I'm taking from that, and sorry, I know I was kind of broken on my reading. I apologize for that. What I take from that is somebody else is now trying to fight for us. Obviously, we all heard about NRA filing bankruptcy and all that stuff. There's another group out there that's fighting for our rights and they're right. Manufacturing firearms and, and making them yourself has been a long-term tradition in this country. And uh, to see it stripped away from us will be sad if it happens. Definitely don't want that to happen. It's uh, it's a right. Like they said, it's in our constitution. And quite frankly, I know we talk about this a lot on this show, but for me, it's the simple fact that when you're going to build a firearm, you're building it for your protection, your recreational use, or like when you're filling out an ATF uh, Form 1, right? The reasoning for it is all legal purposes. The Constitution was made to protect us, and people are trying to take it away. So, Griff, you got any thoughts on that? Yes, in fact, um, pardon me. I can't remember it verbatim, but I remember watching a video from the former ATF trainer. So the guy that would train these ATF agents to go and sniff out all these things, saying that the actual ATF definition of what constitutes a firearm is not just a receiver. It's the component that encompasses the trigger, the bolt, and holds onto the barrel. So in all actuality, over 80% of firearms in this country aren't even firearms. So, you know, let's just say the ever popular AR-15 lower receiver, all actuality doesn't even have to be serialized. So... All they're doing is just trying to stampede over our rights more and more by not only putting forth more false information, but using false information as a soapbox, so it'd be. Absolutely. But it's great to see that more and more people are stepping up to the plate and going, dude, what the heck? This ain't right. Jax? Yeah, you know, I mean, 
I agree with exactly what Griff said. Obviously, we know the NRAs went bankrupt. So it's kind of nice to see other groups stepping up to the plate and, you know, trying to fill that position that the NRA held for all those years defending our rights. Um, you know, we talk about a lot of pro to a stuff every week. Sometimes it gets a little political, but more and more, especially with the stuff with the ATF too and the brace laws and that, that they were trying to impose. Obviously, it's clear to see the government's trying to slowly, bit by bit, take it away. So the more people like not only ourselves in the podcast side sticking up for the pro-Second Amendment community, but other groups like the NRA doing it, hopefully in the long run will not only preserve, but keep our right of the Second Amendment intact in the long term. Absolutely. And shout out to RX David 86. It looks to me like he's going to be ready for his uh, questions. He is <laughs> present. Hopefully uh, G3 is present. Um, if you're out there, send us a quick comment. Let us know that uh, you're watching. But uh, we do have the scoreboard intact. The scores from last time are still there. And unfortunately, Griff does have a gold trophy like I do. So we're going to have to uh, change that tonight. But, all right. Anybody got anything else on the Pro 2A news side that they would like to talk about? No? Make a long story short, though, you guys, the ATF and the new government that uh, – and, yes, I'm calling it a new government because it doesn't even feel like the existing government that we're supposed to have. Um, it feels like a regime change in more than just a presidency and a, and a couple officials getting elected in different places. The country is changing with this one. So they're trying to take our guns from us. Um, leave comments on ATF's website, on different forms that they're trying to post discussions on. If you write complaints on there and show them, hey, we're not gonna just lay down and let you take our guns, then uh, we still have a fighting chance. You know, we may not financially be fighting them. We not we may not be putting lawyers in front of us and trying to fight it, but our voices do matter in that opinion. So post your comments on those type of websites, and it will help. But uh, we're going to move right into the next segment here, and it is the Tactical Gear Review, and we are going to start off with Jax. All right, so this week's Tactical gear item, I kind of went a little different than the last couple of weeks with the TACX stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and simplify my war belt here just so you guys can get a look at mainly what it is at the bare minimum. You know, obviously I have a blade that I put on here, currently not running it on. For the fact of the matter being, there are little tie-down loops there to attach uh, your inner belt clip buckle with the safety release button. So let's say I push those two, it's not coming out unless you depress that center tab. Now, the thing I really wanted to talk about here was the drop leg holster that I run on the war belt as well. 
comfortable. Nice part is with that, the top portion clips on like this, all Velcroed. And let's see here, the, bear with me. All right, cool. So it is the Rebolger Heavy Duty Tactical Belt priced at $16.99. It's lightweight, durable, made out of 1000D nylon webbing. Obviously, I discussed the quick release and the safety buckle in and of itself. Easily adjustable. I'm going to pay for it later, but it's that easily adjustable. So you just undo the Velcro, move your buckle into the area that you desire to fit your waist, and boom, you're ready to rock. Sweet. I love it. I hope that's not your uh, thigh rig that we're going to be doing a competition on here in a couple weeks. Yes, but that's why I said I will go further into depth on that during that competition. All right, man. All right. Griff, you're up. All right. So for this week, I have the Theorem Dark Vault. It comes in both signal blocking and non-signal blocking variants. It comes in six different colors. Uh, straight from Theorem's website, it's 60 bucks. It has a gasket on the inside for nice waterproofment. Waterproofment? I apologize, waterproofing. It has a molly attachable quick detach bracket. Has holes in it to attach straps or latches if you want to lock it up. Internal and external Velcro panels and is made in the USA. Now Wes, if you could bring the camera back over to me, I will show our audience the ins and outs of it, literally. So on the front, it should come with a Velcro panel. Unfortunately, mine did not. I just stuck some on it myself. Open up the latch. Have a nice interior panel right here. Off to the side has a user adjustable hinge. So I can adjust how tight it is and where it stops. Personally, I keep it right here on my plate carrier. If I ever want to run navigations or comms, what have you. And folds up nice and tight. For those who are wondering, I thought I saw my tape measure. I don't. But I'd have to say it's about the size of one of those mini notebooks in both height and width. As for thickness, well, it's about inch, inch and quarter thick. A nice, really rugged case. Nice and small. Stick it anywhere you want. Oh, thank you, Wes. Uh, Wes just told me it is 7.2 inches by 5.4 inches. And that would be it. Oh, and I'm sorry, 1.67 inches thick. That was off a little bit. All right. So that thing is awesome. I'm definitely going to want to get one of those um, because that goes right into 
my tactical gear item, which I'm going to full screen myself here for. This is the Vertex Essentials bag, EDC carry bag. It's a sling bag. Front pocket, I keep a water key. And in this pocket, I keep a little folder knife and a Zippo style Bic lighter holder. And cool, one-handed, trying to be a cool guy. Let me put the bag down. Um, holds a little Bic lighter, so it protects it. Um, nice to have. Get back to the bag here. And that's all I currently have in that pocket. You can see there's a grab handle here, so I can pick up the bag that way. When I open up this pocket inside here, there is Molly loops in here. So I can attach stuff, plus there's Velcro padding there, the loop side, carry a first aid kit on me. And then you'll see there's a little D-ring attachment here. On there, I keep a little wallet, carry some extra cash, cards, whatever on that. And then an extra set of keys. That's truck key, house key, important keys to have. Plus that D-ring allows me to keep it to where, A, it doesn't come out of the bag and somebody ain't going to grab it and run away with it before I realize that you've grabbed my bag. Let me zip that up real quick. The next section here that you'll see, the next main compartment here, opens up wide on this side and short on that side. Let me open this up here. So O'Keefe's Working Hands Cream, Leatherman, Tactical Pen, Sharpie, pen, little multi-tool. I keep a electronics pouch in here, which is nice to carry. Keep organize, or organized cables, hard drives, some Bluetooth stuff in there, extra cords, um, GoPro battery, stuff like that is what I keep in that little thing. Keeps it nice and organized. Then got my iPad because I use it for work. That fits right down in there. Now, what's nice about these bags is they're ballistic panel ready. So they actually have plates that fit in these bags so you can use it to protect yourself, which is nice. And the reason and how, or excuse me, the how you do that, you see the mesh on the back, armhole. I can slip my hand through, grab it, and now I can use it somewhat as a shield to protect the vital organs. It's still going to hurt real bad. But at least I have something to protect my vital organs and my chest and stuff like that. So if I am getting shot at, I have some type of shield. Now, YouTube might get mad at me for this one. But you see the big beaver tail lever there? Well, what you do with that is you... Let me make sure I'm not going to grab cords here. You rip that open. And as you can see, there is a concealed carry pocket in there, holster, magazine, stuff like that. So when you're physically wearing the bag, let me stand up here. So swing it over. Literally, I take my pull tab, rip back, and I have my firearm immediately. So it's a draw out, and I'm on target, which makes it nice, keeps it nice and compact. A little bag not huge but that is my 
everyday carry essentials bag. It's lightweight, doesn't have too much heavy stuff in it. But uh, nice to have all those different little things because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, I definitely like that bag now. The one thing I was going to ask you, too, I know you said it's got that armhole so you can kind of wear it as a shield, but let's say a shit at the fan moment, excuse my language, YouTube and everybody else's policy, but you flip around, let's say you ain't got time to get your arm in that hole. You can still hold it, you know, and grip it on both sides of the bag and hold it in front of your vitals. Absolutely. Which is nice, too. Well, yeah. You know, you have a handle here. There's also, and I forgot to show this part, there is another grab handle here. So worst case scenario, if I grabbed it, I could hold it like this and still be able to shoot, which is nice. And then there is one last thing that I didn't show, and I'll show that now. So you see this little side piece here? It zips up rips open water bottle holder it's got an elastic retention strap here or you can put like sunglasses or something like that in there when you fold this down it zips closed so whatever's in that's not coming out either hmm. which makes it nice so you can carry and uh, a regular size like nalgene bottle like a 32 ounce nalgene bottle will fit in that pocket very comfortably so how you would actually do that and obviously i'm not holding the bag the right way so it's fighting me a little bit here get that zipped up so when you go to water bottle mode you just take that pocket and tuck it in now i have the water bottle pouch if i put like a sunglass case or glasses case or something in it then i just zip it down and it keeps it in the bag and protected um, you can get these on amazon for fairly cheap too so and they come in a bunch of different colors i just i like red red's my favorite color so i went with that so vertex makes bags that are tactical but don't look it which is nice because when you want to just be out and walking around and know that you're safe and not look like a tactical walking down the street having a little sling bag plus it's nice carrying all my other stuff my ipad and everything else so i like it nice anybody got anything else they want to put out nope can't think of anything outside of what i said i think uh i'm good there Okay, well, I'm going to respond to RX David real quick. So you can go to vertex.com, um, which is V E R T X.com, or you type in vertex essential bag on Amazon. Um, that's where I got mine, was from Amazon. Um, recently, I've reached out to vertex to see if we can't get a Sin City MN or a Sin City code to uh, help get you guys these bags at a cheaper price. Um, I definitely would love to work with them. So hopefully that goes into effect here soon. And uh, yeah, Amazon. I would recommend Amazon. Plus, I got it in like a day and a half. That exact bag, it ships in one day, which is nice. Uh, I do want to quickly add, I quickly hopped on Vertex's website, and I saw they're offering them for $127. Yeah, but that one I got from Amazon for 86 like I said, is that was just the manufacturer quoted price. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Check Amazon. That's where I got it for cheaper. So, Sweet. all right. Let's move into the next segment here. And that is going to be red button news. 
Indeed, indeed. So, obviously, last week we kind of were on a lighter note. However, we're going to move back into some USA and a little bit of political news with it. It is Biden's move to speed up the process past COVID relief package. Now, steps taken by Biden and congressional Democrats, they're not going to wait around to negotiate with us who want a smaller package. Okay, so here's what the story reads. Washington, the push to pass a $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief package through Congress escalated Wednesday as President Joe Biden made clear to Democrats that the need for aid is urgent and lawmakers prepared to use a special budget process to allow the Senate to advance the measure with only a simple majority vote. The steps taken by Biden and the congressional Democrats indicate that they're not going to wait around and negotiate with Republicans who want a smaller package. We need to act fast, Biden said on a morning conference call with House Democrats, emphasizing Americans are suffering because of the pandemic, according to a source on the call. The president said he's not going to start my administration by breaking a promise to the American people on $1,400 checks, the source said. This package gets money into the pockets, Biden said, according to the source. We can't walk away from additional 1,400 indirect checks we propose because people need, and frankly, they've been promised it. Maybe we can. I think we can better target that number. I'm okay with that. Biden signaled that he opened to negotiating an overall price tag, telling Democrats he's not married to a particular absolute number and is open to compromises on several of the programs in his $1.9 trillion package. A lot of folks are going hungry, out of work, and they are reaching a breaking point, he said. And there is an overwhelming increase in the number of people who are committing suicide, women being abused in their homes, drug addiction, and drug problems are up. In an effort to pass the measure through the Senate, where Democrats hold a razor-thin margin, lawmakers are moving forward with the budget reconciliation process that would not be subject to a filibuster allowing the final bill to pass with a simple majority as long as its provisions are limited to spending and taxes. That means that if all uh, Democrats are on board, they could pass a final bill without any Republican support with Vice President Kamala Harris casting the tie-breaking vote. Biden also huddled with top Senate Democrats at the White House for 90 minutes Wednesday to discuss the process being used to write the legislation. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat New York, attended the meeting along with committee in charge of drafting the package. Senator Joe McCain, or Mackin, however it's pronounced, Democrat West Virginia, moderate who chairs the Energy and Commerce Committee, was not Invited because his panel is not involved in the reconciliation process, his spokesman told NBC News. Manchin has sought to advance legislation more tightly focused on relief measures. Schumer said after the meeting that Democrats want the measure to be big, bold, and that it shouldn't be diluted. Beforehand, Biden also met separately at the White House with his home state senators, Democrats Tom Carper and Chris Coons, 
Carper said their goal is to put the coronavirus in our rearview mirror, adding to the extent we can work with our Republican colleagues. Let's do that. Senator Majority Whip Dick Durbin, Democrat, Illinois, endorsed the reconciliation strategy, saying in an interview on MSNBC's Morning Joe Wednesday that Democrats can't wait and there is an urgency to do this. In a separate interview on Morning Joe, Manchin, who voted Tuesday to move forward with the reconciliation process, warned that he doesn't want Democrats to go it alone and ignore Republicans. I want it to be bipartisan, he said, adding that his GOP colleagues will have the opportunity to amend the bill on the Senate floor. The White House is aiming to get a COVID-19 relief bill passed by March 14th, which is when extended unemployment benefits will expire for millions of Americans. A senior administration office said Tuesday, the official made clear that Democrats are willing to use the process to avoid needing 60 votes to overcome a filibuster. Biden's meeting with Democrats came after he met with a group of 10 Republican senators Monday at the White House to discuss their $618 billion proposal, about one third of the size of Biden's plan. It would provide $160 billion for vaccines, $132 billion for a smaller unemployment benefit, and $1,000 direct payments to Americans. Meanwhile, Schumer said on the Senate floor Wednesday that Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen told the Democrat Democratic Caucus a day earlier that if Congress fails to pass the relief bill, we will see long-term scarring in our economy and our country would be mirrored in the COVID crisis for years. We must not repeat the mistakes of the past and do too little too reluctantly and too late, Schumer said. Very good. That is a lot of information. Majorly. Well, I do want to play this video real quick once again. Uh, disclaimer, we do not own the content. We are providing a media outlet. Freedom of speech, whatever you need to take it as, we are putting out media, period. So let's pull this up on the screen here and watch this video. Great. Love commercials. We're going to skip the... Oh, great. Can't even do that. So, uh, Head and Shoulders got a free advertising play from us. Democratic Senator Joe Manchin believes the stimulus needs to be more targeted. And he joins us now from the Capitol. Uh, Senator Manchin, great to have you with us. So uh, you're the man of the hour here. What's it, uh, it going to be? Is this going to be closer to $2 trillion uh, in this package? Or is it going to end up being more targeted? The worst thing we can do is put a, put a price tag on it to estimate what the needs of the people are, basically how we keep the economy going, how we keep people basically ready for this economy to come right back and they're prepared to, to be part of it. So if it's 1.9 trillion, so be it. If it's a little smaller than that, and we find a targeted need and...
Republicans will have amendments. We have many, many opportunities to make the necessary changes and make your point. And that's what it's about. The process needs to work. Okay. Um, you don't think the minimum wage increase should be attached to this? Um, I, I don't. And you also don't think it should be $15 an hour, where we, you and I are going to strongly disagree. But sure. explain, if you could. I sure will. Thank you, Mika. First of all, it doesn't fit within the Byrd rule, okay? It has to be within budgetary items. That's not in the budget item, but the parliamentarian will rule on that. And you have said, well, you don't agree. The bottom line is I believe that anybody that goes to work in the morning works a 40-hour week, works a 2,000-hour year, a work year, that's two weeks off, basically they should be above the minimum uh, wage as far as uh, uh, with the poverty guidelines. Uh, that would be $10.86. And I just said, don't you think it's reasonable? for it to have a flat rate of eleven dollars and then index it from there the larger states that have higher cost and things they're already at 15. it'll be decimated for the little rural areas but 725 is not absolutely anywhere reasonable whatsoever it needs to be raised i just basically use the formula that says here is what the uh, a family of three uh probably guidelines should be above and that's what we should have it based and start it and then index it so we never fall below that it makes a lot of sense. A lot of people think it makes sense. And if we go there, let's let's have a good conversation. This is not the place to do it. Okay, so we'll debate the number another day. But should it be attached to this? I mean, if you're willing to compromise, and at the top of this interview, you said it doesn't you know, have to be $2 trillion, It could be one point. Well, we're going to cut the video there and uh, take that out. But I did want to speak on that a little bit. And I'm sorry. I disagree with that 100%. First of all, Corporate world, we're going to talk about that. Why are people in poverty? Because big business sets their prices so high that normal paying jobs cannot pay their employees enough to survive. First of all, when you manufacture a product and you mark it up 300% for resale value, what are you doing? You're crippling the country. It's like the gas companies. If you sold gas at $1.25 a gallon, you would sell way more gas and make way more money than you do at $3 a gallon. In Vegas, some areas of Vegas, we're at $3 a gallon right now. And that's, that's hard to stomach, man. You know what I mean? And then literally you'll see a Chevron on one side and a 7-Eleven on the other. It's $3.10 over here and $2.57 over here. Some companies make their money off of their gas. Some companies make their money off of their snacks and drinks and, and other things like that. But ultimately, the big corporations are what, in my mind, are crippling the country from greed. They're trying to make more money and more money and more money to line their own pockets, which is making the $8.25 an hour minimum wage here in Nevada not livable, right? So, and even at $11 an hour, like this guy is trying to say, um, is still not enough. When you look at it from a weekly basis, if you're working 40 hours a week at $11 an hour, after taxes, you're left with 300 and something bucks. That's one or two bills for most people with no money left for food, right? So that, first of all, that's my problem. Secondly, though, this is my problem when it comes to minimum wage and things like that. Minimum wage is meant for minimum skills. You want better pay, get better skills. That's it. I don't like that I went to 
HVAC school, operators, union, and all of these one percenter type of jobs to get the education, pay a bunch of money to go to these facilities to learn how to do it, and then turn around and be told, oh, well, uh, Joe over at McDonald's is going to make $4 less than you. Why should I even do my one percenter job at that point? I should go flip burgers. It's less stress on my body. You know what I mean? So raising the minimum wage is not going to change the, the situation in the country. Raising the minimum minimum wage, what it's going to do is cause big business to raise their prices. Milk at $3 a gallon now is going to be $7.50 a gallon after minimum wage gets raised. Nothing is going to change. Companies are going to raise their prices. You raise their pay, they're going to raise their prices. As a business owner, if you tell me now I have to pay somebody $15 an hour when I was paying them $8.25 before, I'm going to charge more for my product because now I have to be able to afford to pay these people at $15 an hour. Now, granted, there usually is big markup on a lot of things, but for me, like at the gun store, you're not making a bunch of money off of guns. You're really not. The money is in indoor ranges and the accessories. That's where you get your profit. But trying to mark up guns, it, you, you can mark them up a little bit. But there's there's no money in the guns. There's really not. So rant over. Griff, you got anything to add to that? I do. Uh, first, I want to address 702 HVAC guy. The issue is with a raise, the cost of staying in business goes up. So to save the company, the employees staff will either be cut in half or replaced with a machine. That is so true. <laughs> but I have two issues with this news article. Uh, one dealing with the article itself and one dealing with the video. I'll address an article first. They're talking about a $1,000 stimulus per person. Wasn't it only a couple months ago that Democrats weren't saying 2000 wasn't enough? Why are they suddenly settling on 1000 But secondly, and to go with what you were saying, Wes, raising minimum wage is not the answer. Now, I'm all for capitalism, but it has to be smart capitalism. If all we do is keep on raising the minimum wage, everything else goes up higher and higher and higher, and that's how we end up crashing the economy. What needs to happen is, just like you said, these insane price-gouging overheads need to come down. Right. And Jim T... Castanaga, Castanaga. I don't know. That is, uh, yeah, it's Jim. Jim is Jonas's brother. Most of you guys watching from the Controlled Paramunitions page knows Jonas, and that is his brother. Awesome guy. I've spent some time with him. Not as much as I'd like to, but uh, he's also got a, a life too. So when I get to see him, he's enjoyable to be around. Thank you, Jim, for joining in. Uh, I made ten dollars in. HOA security years ago, and after bills paid, all I can uh, do is treat myself once each week is a 10-ounce bag of jerky, one small bag of Doritos, and a bang. It sure hurts. And that's sad that that's the case, you know what I mean? But that is reality out here right now, you know? And then <sighs> we could go on for this for hours, but we're, I think, well, Jack, 
Jax, you got something you'd like to add to it? Yeah, I'll add and we'll close this out here. Yeah. You know, I, I agree only raising minimum wage is going to cause big companies to raise their prices. That's part of the issue. Um, you know, I'm all for making more money if you got the skill set to make more money. However, if you're coming in at an entry-level position, I had a conversation offline with somebody in my day-to-day life. And, you know, when it comes down to it, it's almost kind of like the, oh, well, we want equal pay to do the same job. Well, yeah, you might be doing the same job, but let's say you come into the same job at an entry-level position. And then the guy that's been there for 10, 15, 20 years has, I don't know, let's say a week of vacation time built up you can't just automatically expect to be making what that person makes and rack up vacation time the same way somebody who's been there and not only has learned and acquired these skills, but has probably went to school and done the training to do what they do on a day-to-day basis. So when you're raising the minimum wage, obviously big companies are going to raise prices. Now, Now, we thankfully up here in Minnesota don't have as high of gas prices, but if that happens, I can see gas prices going up everywhere. And then last but not least, you know, again, Griff, I agree with you. Uh, Just a few months ago, they were arguing back and forth over what was going to be enough for a stimulus check. And when the $600 stimulus came out, it was under condition that the $1,400 check was to be signed into law soon after that. Well, now here we are still about not even a month into Biden taking office and nothing's been done about that. So are, is this really going to happen or are they going to settle for something less? Only time will tell, I guess. But how is it that at the beginning, 1200 was enough for the first one up oh, now, $2,000 is too much. So we're going to send out 600 condition that 1400 is coming and now you want to negotiate on a thousand dollars i i just don't get it here's my problem with that and i feel like this was set up intentionally this way and we really are going to move on to the next topic because i i don't want to get hung up on this for sure um trump wanted 2000 they said no they only allowed him to do 600 then they turn around and say Oh, well, we need $1,400. Da, 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 da. What's 600 plus 14? 2,000. 2,000. Oh, amazing. So you want the credit for yourself to make it look like, oh, Biden's doing amazing things for the country. He got us 14, which is more than Trump did twice, right? Trump said 2,000. You wouldn't let him do it. You only allowed him to do 600. Then you turn around and say, oh, but we want to give everybody 1,400. That equals 2,000, which is what Trump was trying to do. So let's not be blind here to it. And secondly, Griff just said that they even backed out of the 14, and now they're coming down to 1,000. But they wanted more money for the people. They care more about the people than big government, right? Excuse me. Democrats are the big government. Thank you. Moving on to the next one. CLS training. Let's get that scoreboard up in here. (laughs) Griff's got to take one. He's got to take an L. And uh, I guess we'll find out who's taking the hell with you. Should be interesting with us. And And, uh, I hope Jake Free is with us. um, Since we're still, you know, young in the competition, uh, 
702 HVAC guy, you still there? If you if are, you are I can definitely add you. I was going to say add him in there. If he isn't here, then that's fine. But let's get him added in there because he is a regular on the show every week. Um, and so is RX David. So I'd like to have um, 702 guy in there as well. All right. So let me add 702 HVAC guy. And our ex David's in there already. Yep. So I'll refresh that and 702 should pop up. Got it. Should oh, we add Jim in there too? Who? Jim? Yes, add Jim. We'll make it fun. Why not? There's our ex David. So we got Jim. <laughs> I'm just going to put him as Jimmy T. How's it going, Jim? All right. Let's see here. We'll give RX David the first question this week. Okay, so I'm just going to give you an introduction to lesson three here. This is the introduction. In tactical field care, you and the casualty are not under effective enemy fire, and you are free to provide care to the best of your ability. Excuse me. However, medical equipment and supplies are limited to that carried into the field by the combat lifesaver and the individual soldier. So, before I go into this, Jim says, hi, everything is good. That's good to hear, brother. So, first question for RX David. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do question number one. All right. So, question number one, RX David says, you're crossing a battlefield after the fighting is stopped and the enemy has retreated. The soldier steps on a landmine and it explodes, giving the soldier a severe wound in his thigh. What type of care will you render the soldier? A. Tactical evacuation care. B. Tactical field care. Or C. Care under fire. Wait for that response. Read him his answer choices one more time. All right. So, answer choices are A for Alpha, tactical evacuation care. B for Bravo, tactical field care. Or C, Charlie, care under fire. B. He answered B. All right. So, correct answer is B. We're going to go ahead and update that score.
Awesome. So, let's see here. We'll go ahead and throw Jim the next one. So, here we go. Question number two. A soldier in your squad has been injured. You are in a tactical field care situation. When should you notify your unit leader of the soldier's injury? Alpha, as soon as you can. Bravo, only after you have performed a full examination of the casualty. Charlie, only after you have completed your treatment of the casualty. Or Delta, only if the casualty requires evacuation. Kilo is not an answer, Jim. Kilo, not an answer. <laughs> Read the answer choices one more time for the people that aren't able to, to hear you. Okay. So, answer choices are alpha, as soon as you can. Bravo, only after you have performed a full examination of the casualty. Charlie, only after you have completed your treatment of the casualty. Or Delta, only if the casualty requires evacuation. Griff, you got a guess? I don't say I wasn't even paying attention to that one. <laughs> and Jim says bravo, B. Jim says bravo. The correct answer, unfortunately, brother, is alpha. As soon as you can. And unfortunately, and yes, unfortunately, there is negative points here. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is no G3 tonight, it looks like. So you can move into either me or Griff. Well, all right. It looks like I'm going to move into you, Wes. No, you're not going to move into me. That's, that's not okay. We're not doing that. <laughs> Family-friendly show here. Hey, you wanted me to move on in, so I'm moving on in, all right? <laughs> okay, question number four. When evaluating a casualty in a tactical field care setting, what position should the casualty be in? Alpha, on his back, supine. Bravo, on his chest, prone. Charlie, laying on his injured side, or Delta, laying on his uninjured side. It depends on the wound. It depends on the wound. If he's got a neck injury, he needs to be laying flat on his back in the C-spine, you know, until you can get him on a board or something. Jeez, man. Uh, Delta. I'm going Delta. Laying on his non-injured side. Or Alpha. One of the two. Hold on. Hold on. Didn't lock in my final answer. Alpha. I'm going Alpha. Final answer? Final answer. Locked it in. No deal. Alpha. 
let's see. You would be correct. The answer is Alpha. All right. Good. Wait, Griff's trophy didn't go away. There it goes. Okay, never mind. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you got to refresh it. <laughs> oh. All right, Griff. Which of the following should you treat first? If you and the casualty are in a protected area. Alpha. Severe arterial bleeding from a limb. Or bravo. Breathing difficulties with a penetrating chest wound. Just to double check, you said which injury takes priority, right? And that is correct. A. Severe arterial depth. Guys bleeding like a stuffed pig. Alpha. You would be correct. You only gave him two choices. It was a 50-50. <laughs> I had a quarter, okay? 25, 25, 25, 25. You gave him 50-50. I'd be willing to do a second question with four answers. Fine. Then we're doing another round. We were, just for everybody else's knowledge, we were going to do a one question per player rule. Uh, just to, you know, not have the show run on forever and to drag this out throughout the season. But I feel that was an unjust question, so I feel like we need to push a second round. Okay. Or, or how's about we just give me a second question with four answers? That way we Absolutely can... not, because then you will have a gold trophy and I will not. See, so that doesn't work <laughs> for me. Uh, see, now Wes is getting competitive here. Oh, boy. All right. Two then. Two. All right. Well, then I guess we'll go in reverse order the order this time. That means, Griff, you get the first question. Okay. okay. So, you get question number five. You're going to turn a casualty from a prone position to a supine position. I just read that. I answered that. No, you answered the question before. You okay. had question four. I've been marking them. I'm just trying to mess up Griff. Go ahead. You're going to turn a casualty from a prone position to a supine position. Which of the following is a correct procedure? Alpha. Use one hand to support the casualty's head and neck with your free hand. Grasp the casualty's clothing under the near arm. Then push steadily and roll away from you and onto his back. Bravo. Use one hand to support the casualties head and neck with your free hand, reach across the casualties back and grasp the casualties clothing under the arm, far armpit area, then pull steadily and roll the casualty toward you and onto his back. Charlie, use one hand to support the casualties knees with your free hand, grasp the casualties clothing under the near arm, then push steadily and roll away from you onto his back or delta. Use one hand to support the casualty's knees. With your free hand, reach across the casualty's back. Grab the casualty's clothing under the arm, far armpit area. Then pull steadily and roll the casualty towards you and onto his back. Uh, Bravo makes more most sense to me. You have more power pulling than you do pushing. What was that? Bravo. Bravo. Do not say if it was right or not. Just change the scoreboard. 
No, I can barely see the darn thing. Fine. Ch change it and then tell me. In. You would be correct, Griff. Woohoo. I don't like that. He's got a trophy. Come on. <laughs> if it makes right, better, that's only my first question. Question number 10, Wes. The look, listen, feel method is used to alpha, see if the casualty is in shock, bravo, approximate the amount of blood loss, Charlie, test the casualty's level of consciousness, or delta, determine if the casualty is breathing. Repeat the question part. The look, listen, feel method is used to Give me the answers one more time. Alpha, see if the casualty is in shock. Bravo, approximate the amount of blood loss. Charlie, test the casualty's level of consciousness, or Delta, determine if the casualty is breathing. Delta. Got my trophy. That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next one is for Jim. All right. Question 11. Why must a penetrating chest wound be sealed? Alpha. To keep air from entering through the wound. Bravo. To keep air from escaping the wound. Or Charlie. To control bleeding. Ooh, that's a good question. Read the question and answers one more time. Okay, so the question was, why must a penetrating chest wound be sealed? Alpha, to keep air from entering through the wound. Bravo, to keep air from escaping the wound. Or Charlie, to control bleeding. Jim says Charlie. All right. Jax is smiling. I think Jim's got a zero score now. Unfortunately, no, he does not. The correct Ooh. answer there would be alpha. Stop air from going into the chest? Yes, sir. Yeah, because there would be a sucking chest wound at that point, which then is bad. Yep. All right, RX David. Last question. Last question. Whoa, whoa! I only get one question. You had two questions. Did you had two questions. Yeah, you started with two. Wes started okay. with two. You guys are both up to four. You just oh, okay. he, he gave you a, a cheap shot. One. He gave uh, you an easy one. Okay, I thought we were throwing that one away. Never mind. No. Okay. No, I counted it. I just wanted okay. a second round to. So you had a harder question. Sounds good. Because remember, if you lose, you're going bald. You're Sounds going good. bald. Eyebrows, yeah. too. You're going bald. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm a little nearsighted. I can't see the scoreboard. I you're good. Again, bro. You're good. Rx, here we go, brother. Question number six. You have turned a casualty onto his back. What should you do with his arms? Alpha. 
position both arms above his head, Bravo position the near arm above his head, and the other arm at his side. Charlie position the near arm at his side and the far arm above his head. Delta position both arms at his side. Or Echo position both forearms on his chest. Question and answers one more time for the people at home. All right. Question six. You have turned a casualty onto his back. What should you do with his arms? Alpha. Position both arms above his head. Bravo. Position the near arm above his head and the other arm at his side. Charlie. Position the near arm at his side and the far arm above his head. Delta. Position both arms at his sides. Or Echo. Position both forearms on his chest. And Rx David answered Delta D. Rx David answered Delta. And Rx David would be correct. Boom. Nice. I like it. All right. So for those of you at home that are on the listening platform that don't know this week's final score is Wes at four. Griff at four, RX David at two, 702 HVAC, Guy at zero, Jimmy T at negative two, and G3 at negative two. Now, mind you, 702 HVAC Guy was not able to participate um, this go around, and Jimmy T will uh, most likely participate next week. And uh, I would like to vote Griff. I feel like me and you got the vote on this. I feel that there should not be negative points. I feel it should be you just don't get a point so you don't fall too far behind. And I think Jimmy T and G3 should be reset to zero. All yeah, I, can, I completely agree. Aye. Aye. All right. Well, we will reset their scores here. And – uh yeah, I feel like that could snowball pretty darn fast. Yeah, well, I want him to have a fair shot, a fair shot too. You know what I mean? Right. So, except for RX David, he gets negative points. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Griff can have negative points. That's the oh, only. I, that's I see. How it is. If I get something wrong, I stay where I'm at. Griff gets it wrong, negative points. No, because if Griff gets it wrong and gets negative points on it, it's fair game for you to get negative points because you guys have been neck and neck the last two weeks. You know what? The host gets negative points. I agree. I agree. I agree. All right. Here we go. Moving on to the next one. EDC. All right. So for this week's segment of EDC How and Why, we are presenting our first scenario so in the beginning of the week i gave our co-hosts the subject of you are a poor college student what would you choose to carry to protect yourself and that let's lead this oh thank you Jax, for reminding me we are presenting these scenarios to put ourselves into other people's shoes to eh, to expand our horizons and 
provide realistic examples for different walks of life. So now with that out of the way, I will hand the floor over to West to start this off. I think he has an excellent choice. So go ahead and take her away there, Wes. All right. So this is my poor college student EDC how, and I'll explain the why after you see the clip. All right, so my EDC how and why. The M206 snub-nosed revolver, hammerless or with a hammer. The reason, Rock Island Armory, cheap beginner entry-level revolvers. You can pick up one of these new for around $200. You can get a used one for sub $200. So it is a good-sized pistol. Holds 38 special rounds, six of them to be exact. So you got a six-shot, 38 special, snub-nosed revolver. Can't get much better than that, especially for an entry-level gun. Now, what's nice about Rock Island Armory, lifetime warranty on their guns. Hmm. So as long as it's registered to you, anything happens to that gun in the lifetime of it, as long as you're the owner, still, you can send it to them. They will fix it for free. I'm kind of lucky. I own an M206 revolver. I like it as my truck gun. When I get into the truck, put it in the glove box, and I'm good to go. Have a nice little gun, right? Best part for me is their headquarters. Well, I'm going to backtrack a second. Arms Corps, the yellow and black box, ammo boxes, Arms Corps. They own Rock Island Armory. Made in the Philippines, headquartered in Pahrump, Nevada. So a quick 45-minute drive for me. I drive down to their headquarters, walk in, yo, revolver's broken, fix it. Okay, great, I'm on my way. For a sub-$200 gun used, that's a perfect little gun, especially for self-defense. And a hammerless one would be better because you appendix carry that. You could literally pull up in your shirt and be able to bang, 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 bang without getting your hammer caught on your clothing, which is phenomenal. So it's a very sleek platform. Um, a cheap folding knife. Griff probably has 9,000 knives. Um, I have a couple of knives myself, but, well, you saw in my uh, essentials bag. In that bag, I carry a cheap little folding knife. Maybe not for self-defense. It might be to cut open a box, but in worst-case scenario, I've got something to protect myself with. And then the last item you saw on there was the gummy bears. You never know when you're going to get stuck somewhere without food and you need a little bit of extra pick-me-up energy. And operators use milk duds, gummy bears, so your SEALs, your Green Berets, your Rangers, those type of guys. Any of the YouTube videos that you watch on EDC pocket dumps, you're going to see some type of little snack, whether it be gummy bears, milk duds, um, Griff 
put out a, a perfect example earlier to me that I'm going to allow him to talk about. But uh, I think that's even smarter. That's great. The, the lifespan of the item that he brought up to me is probably smarter. And uh, I'm probably going to look into doing that myself. But I'm going to hand it off now. Um, that was my EDC how and why. All right. I will uh, take the second slot here. My choices are a little more expensive, but still very frugal. And I just came across this uh, earlier this week. I went with a Springfield XDS Mod 2 OSP with the Crimson Trace Red Dot on it. Now, this recently came out, uh, I'd have to say, within this year. The XDS Mod 2 is a 7 plus 1 flush mount magazine or a 9 plus 1 extended magazine 9mm semi-auto. And it comes with a red dot already mounted on it for $550 MSRP. So if I had to guess, you'd probably see it in your local shop for $400, $450, something like that. <clears throat> I also went with a just random mall knife for, I don't know, 20 bucks or so. My theory when it comes to knives, especially when you're starting out, is as long as it's pokey, pokey gets the job done. Also, a cat tourniquet for 25 bucks because the worst wounds you can possibly have can be solved easily with a tourniquet. Now, with what Wes was saying about my little... EDC snack was something I personally carry when I'm at work being very active. I carry around a couple of those little 50 cent uh, dumb dumb suckers. I personally like those because not only do they keep like he was saying but instead of eating something and getting that immediate trigger dump they last long and gives you something to you know, kind of occupy yourself with while you're enjoying them absolutely and i'm definitely going to do that indeed you know i, I like that idea however before i get into my poor college student kid i do want to just touch on my edc snack now depending on where you can find it and i'm sure you can find them online um they're the first strike bars that usually come in the standard issue um, MREs that get handed out during deployments and things of that nature. Obviously, everybody knows a good MRE has pretty decent shelf life, but the first strike bars, depending on what flavor you get in the bag, they upkeep well. Not only do they provide, you know, most of your nutrients, and everything else like that, but they are a decent sized snack bar to give you enough energy to keep on trucking through. So moving into my poor college student thing, and I'm gonna take the side of a very poor college student that doesn't have necessarily enough money to go out and purchase a firearm right off the bat. For starters, obviously everybody, in my opinion, should always carry a halfway decent multi-tool with them. Now I have multiple different multi-tools. Personally, I like my Ozark Trail one and my 
mossy oak one. However, my Ozark Trail one, if I don't want to put it in the carrying case, it does have a belt clip mount there. Slip it in my pocket. Boom, good to go. Now, as far as cheap knives go, again, another Ozark product, and I've shown this before on previous uh, tactical gear item reviews, a nice fixed blade. Later on, I'm going to update the sheath, but the standard sheath that comes with is great. Plus, can't go wrong with a little extra added 550. Pokey, serrated, whole nine. Now, last but not least, in a poor college student scenario, you never know when you're going to be walking around campus late at night and you need a good tactical flashlight. TACX Pro Gear, one of the people that we are ambassadors with, and I'll give you the code later, has a small, and I mean really small, fit inside your pocket EDC tactical light. Great for personal defense situations. Has just enough of an arc at the end of your lens there to jab somebody with in a self-defense type situation, plus zoom capability. Overall, price-wise is great and can't complain. Again, belt loop uh, hook there for your belt. Well, damn, I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, so we're going to leave this to the viewers. Out of all three poor college student uh, EDC how and whys that you saw, which one are you going with? One being my EDC how and why. Two being Griff's EDC how and why. Three the one you just saw from Jack's. Quick little comment, one, two, or three. We want to know what you guys think. And while we are waiting on our viewers to go ahead and comment, I just kind of want to throw out there, once the audio side reaches about 600 plays, I do have a special surprise in store for you all on a future live stream. I'm not going to tell you that is. We need to make happen. <laughs> I yeah, promised my niece, so it has to happen. And 702 is saying three jacks. All right, one vote three. RX David, you still there? Got a vote for us? Jim, you got a vote for us? While we're waiting for more votes to come in, I am going to jump right in and go with our shout-outs and sponsors. Um, first, I'd like to thank Controlled Pair Munitions, 7350 West Cheyenne Avenue, Suite 106, local gun shop out in Las Vegas, Nevada. You will personally find me there Sundays and Mondays. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to stop. Jim says, no offense, Wes, I am diabetic, so I need gummy bears, which my wife carries too. I carry the J-frame all the time. My knife is Kershaw Cryo. I like it. I like well, it. See? And RX David says, Wes, 
That's two. That's two. Well, I guess Jim didn't really give a number answer. He kind of agreed with mine. Jim, we need a number answer from you. Um, but can't carry in university, so says David. That is correct. But yep. the stipulation, Jim, Jim is being non-biased. He's saying everybody. <laughs> um, you're correct. You can't carry at a university. That is correct. But I don't think that we were necessarily talking about on-campus life. I think we're talking day-to-day, -day, you're out in public, walking around, got to protect yourself type of situation. So, yep. And before I go buttoning my opinion, uh, Jim says Wes won. So we'll just say two for Wes, one for Jax. All right. Well, but let's get back to the shout outs. Yeah, I was say, I'll, I'll just smile and move on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, um, Control pair munitions, I'm there on Sundays and Mondays. Come hang out with me. Buy some guns, some ammo, uh, some accessories. Come check out the store. Uh, I love seeing you guys in person and getting to talk to you guys. So I definitely appreciate when you guys come into the shop and, uh, and bring up Sin City Tactical and the MN Division. I love that. Makes my day, that's for sure. Um, next shout-out is Sight Shooter, Miss Wendy, personal firearms trainer out here in Las Vegas. She is teaching classes in be basics to firearms, pistol beginning classes, self-defense, at-home um, training, like inside your home self-defense training, and then when you're out and about. And then she also does a course that is called I Refuse to Be a Victim. So check that out, sightshooter.com. And uh, last but not least, I would like to thank um, TACPAC. Every month they send me a new package to do um, review videos on, which hopefully you guys are seeing those or seeing it here on the uh, live stream show. I will do this quick. Um, one of the items that we just got is one of those Pelican-style TSA-approved cases. Now, mind you, like I said, and I think, yep, there's uh, Griff's right there. So, Griff, go ahead. Open yours up. All right. So what's nice is... Again, TSA approved. You can fly with this. It has the pressure regulation valve and has plug and play foam. Folks, that's what I did with mine. And so technically, YouTube, Facebook, he is not holding a firearm. He is holding a container. Okay. And so those, we're not going to get in trouble. Yep. And for those that are wondering, that is my FNX 4045. A full-size service handgun that's nice Absolutely. and comfortably in the case. So that's the type of stuff that you can see coming from TACPAC. It's about 50 bucks a month. Um, after shipping, it's like 55 I believe. Uh, you can use our code SC Tactical um, for a free mystery grab bag on your first order. If you order at the beginning of the month, send them an email saying you want that month's box because you'll get your package around... 19 18 or 20 uh the 20th day of the month so email them you'll get your box that month if you don't you won't get it till the next month so check that stuff out but i'm going to hand it off to griff as always i want to shout out g3 survival at g3survival.com and i know i say this every week and i stand by it in my opinion he makes the finest leather firearms goods in the market 
including handle wraps, forend wraps, uh, wraps for your uh, stabilizing braces. I can't recall if I said forend wraps or not. He is now offering finger straps for your forends, and I'm working with him every day to come out with new designs that are all personally tooled by me. Everything he makes is 100% made in the USA. Not only that, it is made in Minnesota. I can even say in the metro. <laughs> That's awesome. Indeed. Uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and start out mine with G3 Survival as well. Not only is the products made here in the U.S. and hand-tooled designs by Griff, but if you look on our website, you can also find his merchandise there as well under the G3 Survival tab. Thankfully, we are now partnered with him and have that going as well. Glad to have him on board, not only as a very personal, close friend of myself and Griff's, but as a member of the SCT family on his own right in and of itself. Here you can see those finger straps with the designs. Uh, so you got the dog leather hand strap. You also have the sheepdog raptor handle and a bunch of other sheepdog designs there as well, along with Punisher designed wraps. As of right now, that's what we have up on the site. And we will be having more pop up momentarily in the upcoming weeks. So this way you guys can also purchase his merchandise through our website as well. Now, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and shout out TACX Pro Gear. You can see the cleaning mat flag behind me. It's also where I got the tack light, the belly band, and the tactical ankle holster that you guys seen in recent weeks on the live stream. Use the code OVERLANDER25 to get 15% off your purchases at NationalConcealedCarryAssociation.com and 25% off your purchases at TACXPROGEAR.com. Control Pair Munitions, another big shout out to those guys. Again, go ahead, check them out. Go hang out with West. Maybe check around the store a little bit. See if there's something that you know West can pitch you into that fits within your budget and price range. And then last but not least, I am gonna also give a shout out there to Wendy from Sight Shooter. Can't wait to have her back on the show to answer more of your guys' questions as far as your courses and you know, kind of a different perspective of the Pro 2A community from a instructor's viewpoint. Absolutely. I got one more thing to put out there. Um, so, obviously, as you guys know, with the way the country is and the way that the world is right now, we are not able to get monetized from YouTube videos talking about guns and stuff like that. It just it doesn't happen. So we're doing this all voluntarily um except for you know the patreons you guys on patreon.com you can go to sin city tactical and you can become a patreon there um, we do have different levels and when you sign up for a specific package there are some incentives and exclusive things that go on with that so you can check out sin city tactical on patreon or sin city tactical 
Minnesota division on Patreon as well. They offer some different exclusive items with their logo and branding and stuff like that on it. And uh, there's two of them, one of me right now, as you can tell. Uh, my other Sin City Tactical guys are more street team guys. Um, I handle the, the web show stuff. But I do enjoy having Griff and Jax on with me every week. I look forward to it every single week. So Patreon, um, you can help keep the show running. That is the only source of income we've got. We've got fees for the you know the live stream software and microphones and cameras and this and that and everything else. Um, that is primarily coming out of our pockets because we want to give you guys the best content that we can. Um, lastly, if any of the packages on the Patreons are out of your budget, you can go to anchor.fm. You can look up Sin City Tactical there or Sin City Tactical MN division, and you can make a smaller contribution uh, donation that way. And that also helps support the channel and to keep uh, keep us going. You know, we, we enjoy doing this for you guys. Hopefully it's something that you guys enjoy watching and, and taking part in. And uh, every little bit helps. And uh, once again, as you know, we're not censored here. Except for, I mean, language. We try to we try to censor bad words, but I'm not afraid to say that I'm a Trump supporter. I'm not afraid to say that I disagree with the way the country is being ran right now, currently. I'm not afraid to say that uh, you're not getting my guns. That's why we got shirts on the website that says, come and take it. Indeed. So I'll definitely go and check that website out. Uh, Parabellum, prepare for war. Mm-hmm. You know, we're... Uh, we're not going to bow down to the big companies and stuff like that. And the sponsors that do sponsor us, it's on the notion that they understand we are willing to drop a sponsor and that funding because we're primarily paying for this for ourselves to not be censored. We're not going to allow it. I would rather lose a sponsorship and continue to give you guys the content that we are sharing and, uh, not bow down to, to big corporate. It's not no. going to happen. So anybody else got something to add to that? Oh, one more alibi, and then we'll move forward. I Last shout out of the night, you. B&E Music. I haven't mentioned those guys in a while. Go ahead and check them out. They are a really great localized Minnesota-based label. You can find them on YouTube as well. Very close friends of mine. And let's keep the show moving. Griff, I think you had one more. No, I was just about to say, let's uh, close out the show with a great quote. Our patriotic message. All right, our patriotic message this week comes from a slightly famous person, a Mr. Mark Twain. Mark Twain says, In the beginning of a change, the patriot is a scarce man and brave and hated and scorned when his cause succeeds the timid join him for then it costs nothing to be a patriot absolutely all right guys thanks for watching reno may we'll catch you next time stay safe stay dangerous peace out later guys take care